Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that, ooh, got a little dirty over here. Maybe gonna have to take a shower. I don't know. Jump in the shower, just gotta see what happens. Get all clean and then get Are dirty. Are you fucking again. kidding me? Right out of the box, you're gonna do this, you fuck! <laughs> when darkness falls, it's time to go in the bathroom. And when fuck I go you. in there, I feel like weird now. Like I blushed. When I went in the bathroom and saw my shower, my regular old shower, where there's no Barchi sex happening, I'm happy. I'm Justin. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you're happy. Go fuck yourself. I'm Pete, both of you. This is is too much. Uh, I got to be honest. I don't even think I said my name at the beginning there. I'm Alex. (laughs) Because I was too into doing this. Uh, Woo! Big episode of Riverdale, huge episode. We're going to be talking about Riverdale Chapter 81, The Homecoming. Lots of stuff to break down here. Uh, I have to assume as this podcast is going up, the entire Riverdale fandom is breaking apart and exploding right now. Very excited and nerve-wracked to see what's going to happen here. Well, and let me say, I think, I mean, it's such a great episode. It's such a, there's a lot going on here. But also, they're being pretty restrained with this. Like What? They're they're, the way the characters are positioned, I think it's so smart. They're just like mm-hmm. being themselves. They're figuring it out. We got this great it's clean, cleanliness. And cleanliness is next to godliness, oh, they say. Stop. And you got to stop you gotta it. Take, you gotta, they were just – it wasn't – I don't even know what you're worried about. They were just friends doing a classic, just clean them up on each other. And that happens. <laughs> a classic. It's like clean uh, them up on each other. here to a specific scene Wait, wait, episode, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. How Pete, many? It's like the classic movies. You've seen them. Friends with benefits, no strings attached, where there were friends there's, who were having sex and it no worked out fine. friends I turned each off the movies up. halfway through. <laughs> Friends don't clean each other up. That's not how it works. Classic friendly clean them up. I friends in high school that did that. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, <laughs> that's a true story, and I've heard it, Alex. And I like that you reference it casually. <laughs> Wait, what? What just uh, happened? He had a he bunch a of friends who had sex with each other. Were, yeah, there, there were two of my friends in high school who after school would be like, yeah, we just, you know, uh, after school, we're like kind of sweaty, so we go back and have a shower with each other. And everybody was like, oh, okay, that's all right. That's not real. That's not real. Oh, go off, Betty and Archie. Yeah, Alex grew up in Riverdale. Alex I went to Riverdale the, High, yeah. He was the uh, Dilton. There's lots Riverdale. to talk about here, and I do want to get into it. Uh, well, uh, here's the thing that I think uh, I want to start off with. I want to do a little bit of recap for what happened on the previous episode. But like we talked about with the previous episode, we had not a hard reset, but a reset as things jump 70 years into the future. I certainly felt like, and part of what we discussed on the podcast is that this next episode would really be the proof is of the pudding type episode where, okay, you knocked it out of the park with the first one, cleaned the slate, still had the character relationship, still had the histories there, but we're really starting very fresh. Was that going to hold up with this episode? So keep that in mind while I go through the very brief recap here. Oh yeah, I'll keep that in mind. 
Well, all you really need to know is that Archie has returned to Riverdale from the army after seven years to find it in shambles. Hiram Lodge is using the town, basically gutting it to fund his own private community called Sodale, which is a commuter community uh, in upstate New York. Uh, everything is terrible there. The only one really holding down the fort is Tony Topaz, along with the Southside Serpent. She's held everything together. She's been working at the White Worm. She owns it now. And then upstairs at Pop Tate's, Pop is retiring, handing the dining over to his granddaughter, Tabitha Tate. Meanwhile, with the other characters, what we found out, Betty is in the FBI training program. She has battled unsuccessfully a serial killer called the Trash Bag Killer, has come back to Riverdale after that, and is also maybe kind of, but not particularly dating a guy named Glenn, who might be her co-walker, might be her boss. Glenn. No Glenn this episode. Or could be the Trash Bag Killer. Yeah, or could be the trash bag killer. Either way, Veronica, meanwhile, is married to a guy named Chad Gecko. As we find out this episode, her name in Chadwick. fact is Veronica Gecko. Chadwick, excuse me, use his full name. He is very controlling, just the way that Hiram was. She is bristling about it, doesn't like it. She was working in Wall Street. She was working at a jewelry shop uh, right out of Uncut Gems. Uh, but she is, as we see more of this episode, definitely using coming to Riverdale as a bit of an escape. Um, there's some other things that crop up with Veronica's storyline that come back from seven years later that we'll talk about. The other one to mention is probably Jughead. Jughead released one novel that, as usual, was a thinly veiled anecdote about his time in Riverdale. As we find out, this episode is mostly about the Southside Serpents. They're not particularly happy about that. But he has not been able to write a single page since he's been in New York, clearly run out of the inspiration for the town that he comes from. He is running away to escape back to Riverdale, specifically from some creditors who are trying to chase him down. And Very aggressive creditors, man. Yes. With a travel budget. They just need to take the Metro North. It's not a big deal. Just like half yeah. hour, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and the last one you probably need to know about is Cheryl and Tony. They also broke up before the seven-year time jump, specifically because Cheryl thought she was cursed. Tony didn't really accept that, uh, but Cheryl has definitely doubled down on that and has been trying to renovate her old mansion of Thornhill and sunk most of her money into that. As we suspected the last episode, and we get a little more hints of here, she is being lured into some sort of art-forging scheme by Nana Rose, probably in order to continue to <laughs> fund those renovations. She's not quite as rich as we think. And the last character we probably need to know about, Reggie Mantle is working as an enforcer for Highland Raj. We find out more about what that means this episode. He also also works at What? He also sells cars. Yes, we'll talk about that in a second. And uh, also some ghoulies have taken over Archie's house. (laughs) Yes. So there you go. Uh, So yeah, That's a setup, but I want to get back to the thing I threw out to you guys beforehand. First episode quote-unquote, first episode, great. Second episode, how do you feel it held up? I really like, like I was saying earlier, like I really like where they've just positioned all these characters and they're being very... Uh, it almost feels like the show grew up a little bit alongside the the characters. Like it feels like there's such a um, a confidence here in the way that they're just like, no, nope, we know what happened with um, uh, Barchi, with Bughead, all of that. And we're just going to enjoy the parts. Like the... The moments where um, where Veronica and Archie were walking together, I was like, "Oh, I feel like I'm part of this." <laughs> like, I'm. It was such a sweet mm-hmm. moment of them walking together. It, it, the way they're handling everything is just so smart. I'm very impressed. Pete, I know you have some specific feelings about certain parts of this episode, but tone wise, how are you feeling about how Go the show is going? Yourself, to- man. All right, you guys are acting like nothing is happening and everything is fine, and we're kind of just go along with what it's. 
The world is crumbling around us. There aren't many things you can hold on to anymore, and it just sucks that they just keep getting taken away. You know, I mean... You're mad that the ghoulies got kicked out of the house before no, they could... No, I'm not <laughs> mad at that, okay? That's not You're mad. Oh, mad that Riverdale got unincorporated, which is a huge plot in a lot of teen dramas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember when they did that on Punky Brewster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, I that whole really... that whole comptroller storyline on Pretty Little Liars was devastating. I just uh, very, I'm very having a hard too. time because I just watched the episode and I'm, I'm coming to grips with so many feelings and realizing I'm way too invested in a fucking TV relationship. Okay, this is it's a lot to deal with. You I'm need really seven sorry. years to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do need seven years. And I'm sick and tired of everybody on the show going, oh, well, seven years ago, I believe, was the... <laughs> we get it, guys. It's been seven years. You don't have to casually mention it's seven years every couple of minutes. We get it. Oh, you're just mad, Pete. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I like this episode as well. I thought uh, this this did a really nice job of, in a good way, splitting the difference between the Riverdale we know and the Riverdale we saw last episode. Last episode was shocking in how much it felt like a completely oh, this new is, show. Wasn't here shocking. now that we're well, here now that we're back in the town, you have the regular Riverdale fun ridiculousness happening throughout the episode. Turns of phrase, scenes, plot points, etc. Things moving very briskly through all of the plot uh, in ridiculous and fun ways. But like you were saying, Justin, it does feel like this more mature, confident storytelling. At the same time, it still feels like it doesn't have this weight to it in the same way uh and that's great it's fun to watch i'm excited it feels free it feels like anything Mm -hmm. can happen especially specific things that we might talk about later they could (laughs) definitely happen they could happen every week maybe in different parts of the house different taking a shower every week that's a little much i know too dries out the skin and honestly, though, I will say I didn't see them use a lot of like shampoo and conditioner. So oh if they just God. they may have just shampooed just. in this first shower. So they have to condition <laughs> in a second shower. <laughs> yeah, they probably came out and were like, oh, I forgot to use my conditioner. And I'm just like, it's OK. We used a, it was a two in one. <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget lather, rinse. Repeat. Oh, Repeat. You, <laughs> you So let's walk through the episode because there's a lot to talk about here. Jughead kind of sums everything up in the narration, resets the status quo. And to the point that we were making earlier, I do think a lot of the haven't you heard it's been seven years type thing was feeding people the information if they missed the last episode and are coming back in, just doubling down on the idea of this is where we are. This is the time jump. This is everybody's status quo. Let's move forward from here. Yeah, and I don't mind that because it happens a couple times in this episode where they're Jughead at the top is like Archie went to war, Betty joined the FBI, and then later when they're announcing them uh, at the school, uh, the school situation, they sort of lay out just what everyone's dealing with, and I I appreciate that even though I know what's happening. It I'd, really helps us keep what's top of mind for these people and why they're behaving the way they are. I really like the way that was shot, the way they were like standing up to Hiram Lodge. That was really cool. Yes, later on in the episode. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But then we get, uh, as you mentioned, Justin, we get these two walk and talks, which I was very... All walk and talk. All walk and talk. It was like an episode of West Wing up in here. I was very surprised to see these happen so quickly and pleasantly surprised at that. See Bughead right up front talking about the relationship. Varchie talking about the relationship. I thought that was great. I really loved the, you know, why didn't you reach out right away? You know, I don't need Mm -hmm. more awkward walking or get getting maybe leading up to it. 
Uh, I was very excited about it. Um, and then extremely heartbroken by the fact that maybe Jughead drunkenly called her like, I fucking made a book! Hey, we've all been there. We've all been there. We don't, don't, I don't also release... feel like this is only the beginning of the sad things that we're going to find out happened to Jughead in the past seven years because he looks wrecked all episode long. He and looks I, got, we, I think we rushing. should give it up for just the performances across the board because they, they genuinely feel like adults despite the fact that they've only aged a little bit. <laughs> but they do feel very much <laughs> like they're... Th- aged, that they're playing their more natural age and... Well, not even that, that they're natural age. I think they feel very different from the characters we've seen before. It feels like they grew up, and that's sort of mm-hmm. the point. Because I don't know if you noticed this, Pete, the, to show seven years um, in the future from a couple episodes. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, man, for telling me. <laughs> I didn't put that together till right now. And specifically, Jughead, is every shot, he's like just giving off, I'm I'm a sad sack. Just like shooting it out of every pore of his body. And it's it's really... I'm not happy for him. And honestly, I feel bad for him, especially I do. In this I scene. feel really bad. But he also the, is enjoying having the top button open so he can be like, I have a chest tattoo, motherfuckers. He's loose. <laughs> I, Cole Sprouse is great here. I've loved him over yeah. the past, past two episodes. I love this new sad sack, uh, dirtbag, jutthead, whatever you want to call him. It's very, very fun. Very interesting. What voice is he doing? Because in this episode in particular, he's doing like a, Gravity, I'm, a, I'm an old timey writer. Voice. I'm Batman. Like the, there's a little bit of that. Like, is he trying to go for Jack Kerouac, maybe, or something? I assume. Yeah, like be put. Well, I got. I mean, that's another thing that I feel like. Sort of kids who sort of grow up into adults, you play act a little bit, and when mm-hmm. you're back home in your town, you're sort of like. Hello, I'm back in town. I'm a New York actor or whatever specific <laughs> thing you're doing. And it's, yeah, it's whatever specific thing. Yeah, that was just an example I pulled. Oh, I'm right, a right. classically trained actor now, high school crush. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think what have I been it's in? Just, oh, um, a play for no one in my apartment. Good day. Uh, I think it's just, you know, he's hung over all the time. So he's just, you know, naturally grabby. I do think I I agree with the putting on the voice thing, which I think is really fun. And it's such a weird choice that stuck out to me immediately. Uh, Also interesting, I thought, was immediately going for this real divide between Veronica and Chad, which wasn't quite as explicitly stated, I think, last episode. But this episode, right from her beginning conversation with Archie, she's basically like, I hate this motherfucker. Yeah, Yeah, she goes hard at it. And I mean, it was so sad watching um, Betty and Jughead talk because it felt like their relationship. It felt cold between them. Like it felt very were, cold. But they were a little bit the, hurt at the end. There, she did be like, "It is good to see you, Jug." You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was a nice moment. Yeah, there's a distance between them, and I think they still care for each other. But it's definitely from a distant place. Jughead, don't line, don't add the distance thing twice in your fucking sentence, Dick. Like we they're get socially, it. Oh. they're socially distanced and emotionally distanced, oh, and I God. respect it. They don't want to get. Why emotional can't you just it. give me the had a nice moment? Why can't you just let that happen? Um, I like Jughead's line. Good luck with that, dude. Talking about Archie, which uh, pays off pretty hard later this episode. But yeah, the, the Varchie feel they seem like pretty happy with each other, and almost mm-hmm. like dropping right back into where they were, which I thought was such an interesting choice. It. There's going to be a lot of stuff going forward. I mean, we are only the, at the tip of the what would you call it, Fuckberg, right now. Oh you know, my we're kind god! Of getting don't into it. say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I can't deal with it. First off, though, I did 
the the Veronica Archie repeat. No, oh, <laughs> please stop. So the the Archie Veronica walk and talk was really nice, and that whole kind of reveal, like the last relationship was you, was very sweet. It was very nice. Uh, let's move on though, because then Betty. Goes back home. We finally see Alice. She was missing the last episode. She is completely harried all episode long. Basically, she's taking care of the twins who look to be, I assume, about like nine at this point, right? Uh, about they, that. I, think I thought it was interesting. I, that they talked about them like babies still. Yes. Yeah. Did you Even notice- though they were two when we left off, so technically they'd be nine years old at this point. When Betty walked in, there was this like weird looking like I don't know if it was like a fort or something on the couch that mm-hmm. like I don't know looked like somebody was hiding in there and it was really freaking me out. It was probably the trash bag killer, but yeah, the kids yeah. are probably younger than they're actually supposed to be in the timeline because timeline don't matter in Riverdale. But Alice completely harried. She sets up that Polly is working, setting up Polly's reappearance later on in the episode, which is great. Uh, and then we get a montage of where everybody else has gone back. Veronica is back at the Pembroke. Doesn't seem particularly happy about that. Archie goes back to the El Royale, and Jughead goes back to the sex bunker, bunker. which is so sad. Bad (laughs) choice, dude. But let's say great cell service for a bunker for sex underground. (laughs) Yeah, I was really impressed with how clear. Well, it's also a phone sex bunker. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So then we loop back to something that was set up the last episode. Betty ostensibly was sent back to Riverdale to clear out the FBI office left by Charles, her serial killer brother, that was sitting there for, I don't know if anybody's mentioned this, seven years. And Kevin and Betty do it together. Great to see Kevin and Betty again. Again, like just in terms Kev. of resetting. The table here. We have not really seen Kevin and Betty hang out too much. Kevin is very much a part of everything. It feels like they're balancing out the cast. Could not be happy about that. Uh, but Kevin, immediately she's like, whoa, yeah. there's a tape. Here's the exact tape I need to hear to power my storyline. Wait, yeah. but though the the Kev like, hey, how was the Bughead reunion? It was hysterical. I love how Kevin knows he's on a TV show. It's very enjoyable the way Kevin can play with it. I, 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 I'm loving Kevin more than ever. Kevin's a big fan of Riverdale. He sits down before mm-hmm. he lives every day and watches the episode about that day. Smart. And he also watches an episode of Succession, it seems like, because he talks yeah. about that a fair amount. A bunch, yeah. <laughs> Plug in Do other think, shows. Is Kevin in some sort of early edition type situation where a cat is <laughs> oh, yeah. bringing him, uh, what was it, tomorrow's newspaper? <laughs> It wouldn't be if it was yesterday's. It wouldn't have been much of a show. <laughs> uh, the concept of the show is a guy reads the newspaper, <laughs> reads an old newspaper. Huh? The Mets lost. Um, <laughs> oh, come on! I like the idea that um, everyone is getting tapes delivered at last season on their porch, and Kevin's like, "Yeah, I get an episode of Riverdale delivered to my door every day." <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. You should have seen all the stuff that happened during the time jump. Pretty boring. <laughs> oh man. Hiram and Veronica talk. Uh, They kind of explain everything that's going on to each other. We get an interesting note. It doesn't sound like he was at Veronica's wedding, which I thought was kind of fascinating. And I feel like that's something we'll loop back to before. Also, and I'm sure we'll get to the other points of this plot line as we jump through it, but I like this. Like, we were hitting a lot of the same notes 
that we have previously with Veronica's storyline, but it felt like the power dynamic was different and the way that Camila Mendez and Mark Quinsuelas were playing it was very juicy and they were clearly having a lot of fun with each other, which was great. Yes, they did play well off of each other, but it was driving me nuts that Veronica has gone back to not only talking to her father, but trying to do deals with him and have him help. I, 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 it makes me so mad to see Veronica in the same room with her father. Uh, I know the actors are great together and that kind of thing, but that man has been nothing but a fucking monster. Why do you keep going back to this guy? Well, because it worked. Because I, I agree with Alex. I like this. It worked forever that they would go and do deals. They would each find a way to win until, as we saw earlier this in these few episodes from this season, when Veronica was like, you're a dog that needs to be taught a lesson, which comes up in this episode. Sure does. And he, here Hiram's like ice cold. He's like, I'm done helping you no matter what. I'm here for myself. Like he's a harder villain. He doesn't care about Riverdale anymore, including his daughter. So he's ready to just be ice cold. And she did not see that coming. I like that change. I don't yep. see how she could not see that coming. So then we get another great, really sad scene with Jughead where he goes to the White Worm, is talking to Tony. He wants a job there to pay off his creditors. And we find out that, as mentioned earlier, his whole book, it's not The Outsiders. What was it? The Outskirts or something? The Outcasts? The Outcasts. There we go. Is explicitly about everybody, and they hated it, to the point that I think Fags was called Toothy, and Sweet Pea was called uh, Popeye. Popeye, yes. And I got to get up, Chuck. It's like, why are you mad? I called them the Vipers, a slightly different version of the truth. You who saw through that? Um, what a- Ridiculous. I want... I want the CW to release that book, though. I want to read oh, that book. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Where it's just definitely. find and replace to the first four seasons of Riverdale. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, uh, yeah. But great scene. Love Tony shutting everybody down this episode. And I love that she continues to keep center stage here. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Like, the fact that she she has so much control of what's happening, I think is great and really sets up the main sort of story point of the school in this episode and the repercussions of that, I thought was just awesome. Now, let me ask you something. If you're down in the white worm, but you want some food, you got to go all the way up to the pops or do you think they got like a little dummy waiter or something where you could get like food delivered down? Like, how does that work? They do have a dumb waiter, Jughead. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, for the let, we can, let's add let, We could edit that one out. Uh, just kidding. No, that was great. I loved it. No, we don't edit anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to th- Is the menu available? Uh, on the I two have floors? to imagine, right? Like I guess it's separate, separate owners. Business. Yeah, I mean, Hiram explains this, that Tony bought it separately. So Tony owns the White Worm, but Tabitha owns Pops. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's how real estate works or something. It just feels like the White Worm was never around until Veronica's like, we're going to use the basement here. This is all part of the same building. But I, I guess they separated in terms of rent. Um, I know a lot about financials, and that's why the main plot line here that gets set up made a lot of sense to me, where mm. Weatherby is freaking out uh, because Riverdale High is going to be shut down on Monday. And it turns out the whole plot here is that Hiram wants to unincorporate Riverdale which is going to shut down Riverdale High, so he can, I assume so he could take all that money and divert the funds to Sodale. But Tony and co. throughout the episode come up with a plan. What they're going to do is if they can unincorporate Riverdale, then Riverdale High can become a private school, and then they could hire people who are not trained as teachers. 
A great scam. I think it's I, just I, I, I think 100%. I got it's 100% because they don't need to be accredited by the state if it's a private school. So that's why you get to hire your friends. And I'll tell you what, that's a lot of loop-to-loop to get to the idea that they're going to hire the gang to <laughs> teach at this school. Well, particularly I'm from a show where Archie is held down to 50 jobs with no training whatsoever that they're like, no, no, this has to be factual now. Uh, uh, I, I'm also uh, really confused by this. Um, the reveal at the end, I was like, what does it matter if it's incorporated, like, why does the town need to be incorporated? Like, I was, they were like, this township is no longer a thing. And I was like, well, I, why, who cares? Well, because <laughs> the, what the, the point they make in the episode is all the funding to keep, like, the places going, like, the infrastructure going. Um, it goes away if you're not a town anymore. Because you're if you're unincorporated, you're legally not a yeah, town. Yeah, but they're still a town. They're no, just but they're not going to get any funding from the state. They're not going to get yeah. any funding from the federal government, uh, anything like why. that. So all the things that they've been talking about, like the fire department, the sheriff's department, social services, all these things that are on their last legs, they're not even going to have the funding to continue that, including Riverdale High, which means eventually the town is going to become a literal ghost town, not just even, not a literal ghost town. There won't be ghosts. I just wanted to specify hey, that for you, Pete. Alex, don't get crazy. This could be a town of ghosts. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. And also, Cheryl... Uh, bought the incorporated, so it's fine, I guess, right? Uh, no, that's no. not what happened. Um, we'll keep talking about that maybe later on at the end when we get to that. Um, but I think this is setting up the story of the season, which I think, I bet you this season ends with them making Riverdale a town again. No, no, I think yes. how this season should end is we do a deep dive into where our taxes go and find out like what kind of funding schools actually get versus you know what they deal with. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm on Justin's side. I think the last shot is going to be great job, guys. We made Riverdale a town. Let's head to the showers. <laughs> yeah. This is not going to be a fun running bit. Townwide, townwide shower. Everybody rides. Uh, the Gargoyle f- King is a great uh, tax preparer, though. If you're interested in. Um, getting involved. Would you, of the Riverdale villains, just rank them real quick, Pete, who you would be most likely to least likely take a shower with. Gargoyle (laughs) King, uh, Black Hood, Clifford Blossom. I really don't want to say the last one. None. (laughs) Okay. Charles? Charles is pretty handsome. Nope. Wyatt Nash? That's a hot dude. Cool. I bet he could clean your back. I mean, honestly, the Gargoyle King needs a lot of cleaning. Like, yeah, I don't think I could reach the Gargoyle King, but thank you for All this right fun. Back between fun. my shoulders, can you get that? This is I'll give you some fizz, crazy fizzle sticks. Sticks. These can we sticks get are, to the elephant in the room yet, assholes, or what? No, that's with way ants. deep into the episode. Just like how Archie was way deep into Betty. Oh, uh, come on, <laughs> Alex! Have some Too respect, much. you fucking asshole! Too much. Too much. I, I don't know that. They didn't show that on screen. Uh, anyway, what? so John Kenny oh, is at really? Pops. I, I saw that. <laughs> you huh. usually draw the bottom half of the TV, right? With some exactly. Pieces I of keep paper. a sketch pad under, right underneath the main screen. Oh, yeah. Draw whatever I want. So Jughead wants a job at Pops. Tabitha completely shuts him down. We go over to the scene we mentioned earlier of Hiram talking to Tony. He wants to hire a way to Stonewall, but she's like, no, you're a bad guy. I'm absolutely not doing that. And then I really we get the liked- Bart... Yes, I Pete. really, really liked the way uh, Tony was like, no, you are fucking morally a fucking monster. I'm not going to do any kind of business with you because that's a horrible idea. Why are people still doing business with Hiram Lodge? Are you fucking insane? It's a good question. 
I guess Tony has some good business sense. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine anyone maintaining the ability to do business in this country for years, d- despite all of the bad shit that they do? Wow, Pete? dude, you just fucking blew my mind with that. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get the beginning of everything that happens on this episode. Betty brings some beers, possibly root beers, not 100% sure, to Archie. They're watching the ghoulies across the street. She very helpfully reminds him that she's with the FBI if he needs any help. Uh, and then gives him the idea to go talk to Tom Keller, who is holding down the sheriff department all by himself. He, they talk about getting back the Andrews house and basically is like, if you can find some drugs in there, I'll help you. Um, so that sort of sets up that thing. Then we jump over to Veronica having a very fun montage. Love the visuals here. Just spinning around her laptop. She is basically running away from Chad at this point. Applies yeah. for a job in California. Tries to buy a plane ticket. Finds out her credit cards aren't working. Call Chad and he says, oh, I have the same problem. Don't worry, I'll figure it out as soon as you get back to New York. When is that, by the way? Yeah, smooth yeah. Chadwick. Very asshole. I thought it was interesting she's going to become a sports agent in Los Angeles. Yeah, what is interesting. that? O- not entourage. Ballers? She's going to be in ballers? Okay. She's going to be a real-life baller. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the biggest surprise of that scene, though, is Smithers is still alive and hanging yeah, out. Yeah, Smithers! Great He's to hanging see by Smithers. a thread. He's hanging by a thread. (laughs) He notices a weird car. They're not 100% sure what that's about. Later on, we find, in fact, it is. Chadwick has sent somebody to go spy on Veronica. She dresses up. Once again, we get to see Monica Posh. Dresses up, sells her glamour egg, gets a gun. Interestingly, we don't see what happens with that gun this episode. So real Chekhoving going on there, I think. (laughs) That's definitely going to pop on at some point. Uh, and then we go over to Betty. Uh, great scene here. She's still having nightmares of the trash bag. I, killer. I just wanted to say she didn't just buy any kind of gun. It was she was looking for a tasteful revolver. OK, mm-hmm. something mm. classy, like one made out of chocolate or um, strawberries or something. Not that kind of tasteful. Uh, yes. So uh, where were we? Uh, then we get a great scene. Be- Betty, Betty has the nightmare of the trash bag killer. Uh, and she comes downstairs and finds Polly is sneaking around downstairs and they make tea and apologize. What did you guys think of seeing Polly again? Uh, all the emphasis on Polly in the first half of this episode stressed me out. I was like, oh, no, Polly's going to I thought she was going to be some sort of villain here. Obviously, we don't know exactly what happens to her by the end of the episode. Um but yeah, I don't have a good feeling about what's happening with Polly. Pete? Yeah, it was it was real nice though the way that Betty apologized and was like, "Hey, you know, uh, maybe we can be real sisters and like try to have uh, a nice relationship." I thought that was very cool of Betty. Um, I, I really liked it, and uh, I'm sad about by the end of the episode. But I had I had hope. Oh, you had hope for Betty. Sorry, uh, for Polly. Uh, I felt like there was more to that sentence, but I guess not. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, I, I, liked- <laughs> I just had hope that Polly and Betty It just ended could- on a note where you're like, I have hope. <laughs> it just felt like that there was more to it. But yeah, well, the more it. is that all of a sudden we cut to Polly later in the episode. And <laughs> yeah, so. Being run down by a truck. I'm sure she's fine. I think, you know, <laughs> fine. Well, I say fine, like not dead. I think she's not dead. I think they're really? doing some sort of. I don't know if you've been watching the hit show Big Sky over on ABC. Don't talk about other shows like it it matters what other shows are doing when this show. It's about a bunch of truckers who capture young girls and sell them into sexual slavery. So I think that's probably what's going on here. Oh, 
Okay. Wow. That was yeah, very Ryan. specific and very weird, Zelps. Well, or something like that. Point being, I think we're going to find out, oh, no, what happened to Polly? She's gone missing. Betty goes track her down. uh, And we'll find out what's really going on with the truckers, which I suspect is not exactly murder because we haven't seen any dead bodies as of yet. Uh, But I did like them bonding. And I like Polly constantly being suckered into just the absolute worst situations time and again. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Uh, we get another scene with the Coopers. Betty comes down. Alice is still losing it, making breakfast for the twins. And then something that has never happened, as far as I can recall, in the history of Riverdale before happens. Tony comes over to Betty's house. I, I don't think we have ever seen Tony on that set at Why any that? point. Yeah, I just, think you're right. It was weird. Why is that? It was great. I was happy to see her, like, not trapped in Cheryl's house or anything like that. She's been okay. so many other places. But when... Alice was like, oh, yeah, Tony's coming over for the meeting. I had a moment of pure whiplash where I was like, what? Is she allowed inside? What do you mean allowed? uh, Calm down, Pete. What the fuck are you saying? What I'm saying is the show has held her in specific places for seasons at this point. She's been off in her own storyline. She's never really interacted with Alice or honestly even Betty other than a couple of uh, small opportunities so to see her in this new thing is refreshing and exciting that is the what transformation I, I is complete I, she's at the I center agree. of the show I don't think uh, we need to worry about that uh, ever again I uh, did like how mom was a little bit like you know uh, Betty you shouldn't judge us I mean sure uh, I've done horrible things to you and uh, you know you seem to be the only one holding the family together but please don't judge me and Polly Well, along came Polly. I always say, Archie Jughead talk. He still can't really write anything, but Archie says, hey, can you write a speech for Pop? That would be great. And he says, yeah, no problem. Love staring at the five seasons. Such a sad shot at the end of him sitting alone in the sex bunker, unable to write. Very, very sad. Or have sex. Um, It was interesting that, as we learned later, that um, this piece he writes for about Pop, maybe he's going to help get his career back on the page, and Archie was the one who did it. Oh, like yeah. inspired like the dream from last yeah. episode where he was wounded and Archie picked him up. Also very weird to send nice your agent a speech Justin. for your diner owner and it'd be like, this is a book. Well, yes. it's in fairness, it's the only thing he's written. So when someone wants pages, I mean, he's he's been staring at an empty page for days. So, yeah, might as well send him that. This, and, my friend, is a book. Uh, excuse me, a menu. For a diner, diner. <laughs> this should be printed on a menu in a diner. Good day. I am an agent in Manhattan. <laughs> then we finally go over to Reggie, who we didn't get to see a lot of the last episode. He's a real scumbag, this guy, at oh, this point. Man. Look yeah. at as a scumbag landlord, scumbag. You can tell because his hair is stupid. That's <laughs> no. how much of a scumbag he is. 100%. Is there... So much bad shit goes down with Reggie this episode. Is there a redemption coming for him down the road? I know we're very early in the storyline. I hope so. I hate seeing evil Reggie. It really bothers me. I'm telling you what. Give me that Veronica. Give me that man Monica Mm. relationship. You think that's coming back? I I think if if we're going to redeem Reggie, uh, it may come through uh, a Veronica. Because I do think there's a nice Mm -hmm. nexus there where... Um, Reggie works for Hiram. Veronica lost her in with her dad directly, so maybe if she needs Hiram to do something, she goes through Reggie. And they did have a a sort of short romance for a while. Like, I'm ready for that to come back. I'll tell you what. I hadn't really thought about that before, but 
there was an interview that Roberto Garcia did where he said Archie never in a million years would cheat with Veronica while she was married. He would never be with her. He would never do that, betray her that way. Reggie would, though. And potentially, 100%. as Veronica is trying harder and harder to get away from Chad, having an affair is kind of like that last level there. I could see her manipulating Reggie into a place where they get together just to push Chad over the edge. Or maybe it's not a manipulation. Maybe... Uh, you know, Reggie and Veronica find some kind of common ground, and it, it's a nice relationship. Maybe they catch a feeling in there. Look, Pete's yeah. found his new bughead in the form of don't, Monica. Don't you fucking. This is the new. It's going to no. be uh, Reggie don't, all day every day at the me. end of this episode. No. Reggie all day every day. Mani- I'm not man- manipulating you. It seems like so the are. big thing that happens here is they go through the Andrews house as they find no drugs, but Polly is there, which Archie tips off Betty about later. Then we get a brief, very fun. Uh, yes. Real quick, I just want to say those ghoulies spend a lot of time putting on makeup for cannibals. Yes. As cannibals, they have a, a lot of makeup in their budget. For a second, I thought you were going to talk about Polly's coat, which is very good. That is a good yeah. coat. A lot good coat. Of- uh, it really catches the eye. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I also thought it was weird. The noises they play when we are outside the ghoulies' house are fucking crazy. (laughs) Uh, Well, they're eating a lot of uh, people. I do really like this new Archie, and I love the fact that he's like, oh, well, you know, we can maybe use Reggie for this plan. Like, I thought that was real. I I like a smarter uh, uh, Archie. I think this this is exciting. So then we go over to Jughead. He's interviewing Pop. Suddenly the creditors come there. He hides. Tabitha doesn't give him up after a little nod from Pop and then ultimately actually gives him a job as well, setting up this new status quo and potentially a new romance going on, I would say. Well, easy with that. Jugatha? But I did really like how she... I really liked yeah. how <laughs> she reacted being called Sweetie, then called him Pumpkin. That was really great. That was very nice. We didn't get to see much of Tabitha last episode. What did you think about her this week? I like her. Um, it's nice yeah. to have someone at Pops who's not Pop walking over being like, maybe they're just busy, your friends. And that's why they didn't show up. <laughs> like, it's, we got a character with a little juice here. No disrespect to Pop. Yeah, the, don't disrespect lo- Pop, man. I would never disrespect Pop. It seemed like you were disrespecting Pop. The final Pop in the line of Pops before Pops becomes Tabs. Uh, very excited for that. Um, tab head it is. Uh, the the I really like the fact that she was like you know, you know I'm not when I'm running things there's no running up a tab so I uh, I, I I like her and it was really nice the way she offered him a job. Do you think that was a little subtext there? No running up a tab? Hmm? Mm, exactly. You know what I'm talking about, Pete? No. Running up a tab bit. If you had to guess what he's talking about, what do you think <laughs> yeah, it is? What, what would be, what would be the hit want, there? I don't want to listen to you shipping fucking relationships, okay? Uh, what would making you prefer, up bullshit. Ship? Ships? Uh, yeah, I just. You should ship ships. I'm at a mm. very weird place right now, so hearing about other relationships is not helping. I'll tell you what, my number one, Titanic and the Intrepid. I'm a total tepid head. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Go back to the sex voice you were using a minute ago. 
Uh, that was less gross. Uh, so we get the scene of Veronica watching the car from Reggie. He says to go talk to Hiram. Uh, and then Betty and Archie make some plans. They're pretty Horrible hepped up. They're going to go. Car salesman, by the way. When someone comes to you to buy a car and you say, go see your father, like, you can't, Reggie, you can't sell a car? You can't fucking make some things happen? Eh. Hiram's his number one job. Used car is his second job. Landlord is his third job. He's the new Archie. I'm calling it right now. Wow. Yeah, Archie's the new Reggie. Yep. Ready so to then we get this great sequence here. Uh, Betty and Archie are making plans. They're going to kick some ghoulies asses. Kevin, Sweet Pea, Fangs, Tom Keller join them. And Betty and Archie break into the house. Great action sequence. Take over the wait, house, find wait. the drugs, arrest the ghoulies. Yes, it, Pete. It was like the first off Betty being like, I'm pissed. Let's fucking do this. And then the hold on, I'm coming song playing. That was really well done. I'm a sucker for a nice montage with some music, some great action, a bunch of assholes getting their ass kicked. Just glorious. Really fun. I felt like just I was a, watching Umbrella Academy for a second. Just the FBI teaming up with another group of uh, aging game gang members and uh, <laughs> a one dude who owns a boxing gym. <laughs> Classic FBI. Uh, Betty calls, finds out Polly has no job, and then we get the school meeting we mentioned earlier. I wrote down lots of financial talk. <laughs> that is pretty much Well, it. we get a huge new character here, Miss Crouton, yes. who bails out <laughs> the, the way I laughed so hard when Kevin's like, Miss Crouton. She so fucked us. Well, that was, <laughs> that that was hilarious. Like, there were a couple of points, like I mentioned earlier, throughout the episode where it felt like, oh, okay, we're still watching Riverdale, and that was definitely one of them. If anything, Kevin is the one who's holding down old school Riverdale while everybody's like, no, we're on this new show that's very cool. Kevin's yeah. like, nope, let's talk about Miss Crouton. <laughs> I love it. So good. Uh, also, he calls out Succession, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, then we go back to Ver Veronica. Great scene with Hiram asking for help. He strings her along the entire time until oh. he says, no, get out of here. Figure it out yourself. He was like, let me get this straight. You're asking for my help? And then gives a cold no. Mark yeah. Consuelos' expression when he said that oh. was delightful. He's he's harder now. He's like, this is a, an edgier Hiram, and I, I like it. Uh, he's a real villain, I feel like now. Oh, yeah, there's... Real it's great. Uh, back at the Cooper Smith house, Polly shoots back uh, at Alice and Betty. Betty reveals what's going on with her. She freaks out at Betty. It's a pretty fraught scene and leaves. Meanwhile, Jughead is writing his speech. As we mentioned, he sends it to his agent to show he can still write. And then uh, we get a scene. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what happens. It's the next scene. So uh, let me just kind of walk through it just a little bit. So Betty and Archie. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm I want to remember, some, a lot of times when I want to remember something, I just start talking about it and just see where that ends up. <laughs> Pete just took off his headphones. <laughs> he can't even hear it. I'm sure oh, he'll gosh. hear it when he li meticulously listens to this podcast after we're done. Are you guys going to be mature about this? Or are you going to be assholes and just dig Absolutely. knives into I'll me? Be. Hey, I'll you've noticed for years, Pete. Are we going to be mature? <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not. So, Betty and Archie are sweeping up the old Andrews place. They're getting oh, real dirty in there. So it's much sweeping. You know how oh much? That's a dirty house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sweeping it up. Not worrying about the walls, mind you, quite yet. They'll get to that later. Both very hungry. They're going to get a pizza. Betty is like, yeah, I can definitely go for some pizza. I'm real hungry. 
I could uh, eat. Then, I could eat. I could eat. I could eat something. I guess. Uh, and then they realize, ooh, they're very sweaty. They both uh, want to get a shower. There's so yes. much sweat going on. How do you conserve water in a town like Riverdale that has hit hard times? Take a shower together. Got it. They did it for the public good. That, now that the town's unincorporated, that's a lot. They're not going to have a lot of water. And here's a little uh, behind the scenes thing. It wasn't actually water. It was more sweat coming out of the, uh, <laughs> the shower head. That was a sweat shower. Uh, I mean, let me just say. This just the moment when they're working and it's all pretty normal, and then they look up at each other. I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I, get, I was like, the sexual tension. I was like, it came out of nowhere. And then when they said the word shower, I was like, because I was like, oh, I forgot that the shower scene from the trailer might be in this episode. Visceral reaction. I was, bl- I'm, bl- I'm still blushing. I'm blushing. Pete, any uh, reactions there? It was awful, but they, they got it out of their system. They're going to move on now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just yes, that's how, sex, that's how sex works. And, <laughs> one and done. <laughs> but it was wow, that was nice amazing. Let's never do that again. Yeah, afterwards they were like, hey, we're just friends. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 we're just friends. But that smile that Betty gives him, oh. I'm She's like a lioness worried. who just caught a fucking antelope. She's oh, laying back man, on that yeah. couch like, oh, well, here's mama the thing. Hungry. I honestly Mama's think, hungry. I honestly think this whole sequence did exactly what it needed to do. We know from the pilot of Riverdale, let alone the lore of Archie comics, that Betty and Archie were going to get together in some fashion. And every time that they've gotten together to. previously... It's always been in the middle of another relationship. It's always been fraught in some way. It's always been something that they can't complete or they're both in a different place emotionally. You know, at the very beginning, Archie was still getting over being molested by Grundy, basically. Had just met Veronica. All of these things are going on. And we've kind of gone from there. This is the first time they're both free, as they talk about, to do whatever they want in their 20s. And And like Betty calls out, this is something that they both really wanted to do for a very long time. So to do this, I know it was a very graphic for network TV sex scene. (laughs) Very much so. It was a hot, hot scene. And obviously I have some interest in this relationship, but. Yes. Well, all I wanted to say is that's what they needed to do in the show, right? Like this is something that Betty and Archie have been waiting for, but this is something the audience has been waiting for for five seasons as well. So for them to do like the very typical, them look at each other, kiss, fall onto the bed, fade to black. You can't do that. You have to have, sorry about the word. You have to have an explosion there. And that's what went on. That shit was hot. Dude. <laughs> Pete, what was your favorite part? Was your favorite part when Betty kind of like grabbed the back of his neck, when Archie slowly caressed her waist, or when Shut they bit the each other's up, lips? Man. Okay, I mean, like I enjoyed the You're scene, but Alex, creepy, Alex I didn't really write it down. And I didn't write Jesus it. Christ, how many times did you watch that scene, Zalvin? What the fuck? Infinite. Yeah, it's playing on his glasses right now. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I don't even know why I did that. Please get it uh, off. I can't see anything else. Yeah, I can't be with my wife and kids. Um, I, I mean, this scene was was like you said, it did everything it needed to do, and it was like it made you want that relationship. I no, think. it didn't. Even if you're not, like, say you're just a normal outside fan who doesn't hasn't made up their mind and had been pulling for this for. Honestly, when they started the podcast, this is a hypothetical. <laughs> uh, like th- this, this is a great scene. I, I love afterwards. 
uh, Archie's like, Betty, what just happened? Yeah, As what if just happened? He's like, honestly, what is sex? I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought that was just a shower. What, well, he, what just happened? He hasn't had sex for seven years, so he might have forgotten. Yeah. He has a lot That's of problems with object permanence, like a baby. Dumbass. That's what they say. Sex is just like uh, not riding a bicycle for seven mm-hmm. years. Sex is like pizza. If you haven't had it for seven years, what's a pizza? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they do have this great conversation. Oh, just Uh, one last thing. One last thing about this. Lather, rinse, repeat. (laughs) Uh, Afterwards, though, there is a little note here that I think is important to point out, which is that Archie, after they're like, yeah, this is cool. We're friends. We're 20. It's cool. Whatever. We can do whatever. Archie's like, hey, don't tell Jughead or Veronica. Which Betty, of course, is like, yeah, I don't know. We're not in relationships. Why does that matter? Not catching on to the fact that uh, this is going to become a little more serious, I think, than either one of them expected. You don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen Archie before or seen him make any choice in any way? (laughs) He's very rarely is like, yeah, I'm sort of into this thing. (laughs) (laughs) He decided he wanted to go to the army. And one day later, he was in the army. For example, he, he could Pete. not see soldiers even when he closed his eyes. Yeah, but he yeah. was he also said, a musician for a while, and that never came back. So what the fuck? But anyways, let's talk about you know pops in the speech. Let's move. Was on. there more of the episode? I blacked out after yeah. this. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my so TV, my TV exploded. <laughs> pops goodbye celebration. Very sweet. Jughead gives a speech. Everybody's that there. Speech. They do a was nice. That was really well done. Jughead getting kind of like choked up, touching his eye there. That was, I thought that was really well done. And uh, as far as like acted, like that was very well acted. It was great. It was all very sweet saying goodbye to Pop. Uh, the scene afterwards is the one that got me. I know I'm always in the tag for Shoddy, but I thought the way yeah. this is played and the way they're uh, letting the relationship go out over the course of the rest of the season is really sweet. Cheryl and Tony talk. Tony first presents it to Cheryl as, hey, we want you to fund Riverdale High. Cheryl says, listen, I didn't even want to come out here. It was only for pop. And then Tony softens and says, would you do it for me? Yeah. And the if love you yeah. ever loved me like that. Yeah. Was, oh, that wow. was I, I got a little misty. I got a little misty yeah. in my eyes at that point. I and think that was just the shower you had going in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Never um, stops, man. I, I liked um, I like the way they're they're playing all these things sort of slow, like even the scene we just talked about the aftermath of the shower scene, like very slow, not big swings yet. The performances are understated. Here we see that they still care for each other, but they're not ready to talk about it or share it or, or get into it. And I think that's great. Yeah. I agree. Then Archie gathers Veronica, Jughead, and Betty at Riverdale High and convinces them all to be teachers. Really nice to see the core four again. At this point, I'm curious whether the show has gone for, okay, we've gotten past this enormous hiccup at the end of high school where everybody was very split apart and now everybody's friends again, or if we're setting it up that they're all back together so that something is going to drive them apart again. Uh, what do you guys think? Oh, I think this is going to get messy. Uh, almost immediately. The, I love the idea that they're all teaching there. I like all their lines. They're all in. Betty, I need to be here for my mom and shower. I mean, Polly, um, Jughead talking about his stuff. Ver- Veronica bailing on her sports agent career, her Jerry Maguire dreams. 
Uh, yeah, but all good stuff. We get Tony going mano a mano of Hiram. They do, in fact, liquidate Riverdale, so it is done as a town, as we mentioned before. But Cheryl is bankrolling Riverdale High, which is going to cause an interesting financial situation for her going forward. As we mentioned earlier, Jughead is now working at Pops, gets a call from his agent, wants him to make a book based on his Pops goodbye speech and turn it into a whole book about a town that's falling apart. Um, Jughead doesn't want to do it. Seems like he's probably going to do it anyway. A million percent. Yes. he's The agent's like, do you want to do the thing you did where you just wrote about the life that you're already having? And Jughead's like, nah. And he's like, wait, it's pretty easy. That is type <laughs> what I see. I'll do it. Uh, then we go over to Alice, who is drinking white wine in the middle of the day. She is fed up. Um, and wondering where Polly is, Veronica shuts down Chad. Loved how this turned yeah. out. Even if Hiram is, as usual, in the wrong, the fact that that pushed Veronica to a place where she needs to confront Chad, I think, is great for her character. Yeah, that's uh, not going and, well, that relationship. No. And then we get these two final little scenes, one that I think was very important, rolling off of the shower scene, frankly. Sorry, Pete. But what Archie texting Betty asking if she's okay uh, and everything that's going on there, what's going on with Polly. But the fact that they're texting back and forth, I think clearly shows that Betty and Archie are cool with each other. We don't know about Veronica and Jughead and where they stand yet, though things change very rapidly because in a very nice way, Jughead comes to stay with Archie. He wants to stay there. That's great. That'll be interesting when more than one person needs to use the shower at the same time. Oh, come on. I, I got to think that uh, to make it right, Archie and Jughead, has, it's a two-person only shower now. <laughs> they need to... I'm into it. Make Archie happen. It's endgame. Um, yeah, this is going to get... I thought this is a great move for the story. Shit's going to get complicated quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I was happy to see that, like, uh, Jughead, uh, I mean, yeah, you don't need to stay in a, the sex bunker uh, by yourself, man. Like, you know, if Archie's got a place, I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong being like, hey, I can crash here. What I'm worried about is mom, uh, Betty's mom blaming her for Polly's disappearance. And then if something mm. happens to Polly, like, what that's going to do to Betty. Yeah, that's a classic Alice move. She is a rogue element that will be like, how yes. dare you, Betty? No, wait, Betty, you're my favorite daughter. Also, how dare you? Back and forth. It'll be fine. Uh, but as you mentioned, Polly is being chased down by this trucker on the lonely highway at the end, so we don't know what happens to her. And that's where the cliffhanger leaves off. Before we wrap uh, this up. I, I love that last shot. It was really uh, scary and mm -hmm. um, yeah. Lynchian in a good way. And like, I think it really shows that they're not they're not just going to do like the horror stuff they've done in the past they're going to start to get into some other ways of terrifying us on this show which is great so before we wrap up here though who is the mvp this episode pete i'm going to go to you first who is the mvp well uh you know we got a lot of touching stuff uh with pops and if this is his kind of like Swan song, or if you know we're going to see less of him, I thought the touching stuff about him holding the jacket and being moved by the kind of retirement thing, I'm going to give it up to Pops. He's been a great part of the show. What about you, Justin? Um, let me uh, just say, uh, Betty all day, air day, baby. <laughs> 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 um, this is a this is the Barchi episode we have been waiting for, and we got it in a huge way. I thought that scene was 
um, memorable. You know what I mean? Like, whether you're a fan of it or not, every time you close your eyes to go to sleep, <laughs> you're going to see this, right? Anybody in here in this podcast think that? They're going to be this- almost, almost haunted by this imagery, you know? This is uh, this scene to me is like when I used to play tre- Tetris back in the day, and I'd close my eyes and still see the blocks falling. This time, it's yeah. Betty and Archie in the shower, though. You lucky bastard! <laughs> I'd kill for that. Uh, uh, but no, um, I I, I yeah, thought this episode was great, and their relationship, just that scene, the way they looked at each other, even before the sex scene, I thought there was just so much in that. Uh, great performances from Betty and Archie. This is really hard to choose because one thing these last two episodes have done really well, like we've been talking about, is balance the whole ensemble. And everybody gets some really great moments to shine, some fun stuff to play. But weirdly, I think Veronica is my MVP. I, I, oh, it's wow. been a couple of episodes in the row now, but I really think Camila Mendez is having a field day with everything that she's doing. She's finding some fun, different notes to play. And I'm enjoying her storyline so much more than I thought I would. Um, it's been a blast. Oh, and a special shout out to uh, one of my favorite characters in all these shows, Water. Just mm-hmm. the concept of water and the yep. fact that we have water and the way when we are dirty, it cleans us off. Yeah, my uh, my other MVP is the pizza guy who's probably outside being like, hey, pizza's here, where are you guys? What's you going guys on? order a pizza? It's awful <laughs> sweaty in there. Hey, did you leave a shower on? Because it's steam uh, coming out of the windows. Oh, I've been carrying pizzas all day. I'm pretty sweaty. Can I come into that shower too? What are we thinking? Hey, is this the house full of cannibals in a pretty nice neighborhood otherwise? Because I brought pizzas here and they ate my hand, my non-pizza hand. Anyway, uh, I'll just eat my this pizza. non-pizza yeah. hand. I got to report back to my boss, Mrs. Popcorns or whatever her name was. I don't remember. <laughs> and my boss, Miss Crouton, who runs Crouton, the Italian eatery. <laughs> there was some sort of crunchy food. Anyways... If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Socially, you can check us out at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. I just wanted to say that for the people who are going through a tough time, I'm sorry, and uh, hopefully we can all get through this together. I know. I, too, was shocked when Miss Crouton bailed on the school. Me wanting.